Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. All right, welcome back to Bible Breakdown. I'm your host, Kat. And I am T. Hey, T. Hello, Kat. Oh, man. So, um, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you and for having me going again. Well, I mean, it's your podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think we're ready to give people another breakdown. Um, we've gotten up to Joshua 10. We're not Christian yet, but it could happen any day now. I'm going to tell you, I think, uh, Christianity is doing more, I don't even want to say more harm than good in my life, but it's certainly been a challenge in my life. Well, where's an instance where it's been doing some good? Uh, well, I think that... The job that I was just um, um, laid off from, um, my supervisor, I brought him up a few times on the show, and his supervisor, both religious guys, Christian guys, um, good guys, um, and I just think a lot of the way they chose to deal with me, um, like, they really cared, and I think a lot of that is tied to their value system, which they will relate to Christianity. Okay. And so, but do, do is how's that helping you though? Um, what I mean, I, I think that's part of the reason that um I was able to be successful with this this job. I think the Bible. No, them particularly. I thought you. Were I know. About them. I said, how has the Bible been? Because you were saying like it's been more. It opens doors. Like having to end with the Christians has opened doors for me. Okay. But is that really the Bible helping you or just. I mean, it was, I would say it's helping them to help me. Okay. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's not. Fair enough. I'll take that as I don't think it's directly helping me, but I know they're doing a lot of stuff from what they believe is coming from the Bible. I will say the Bible is giving us a lot of content. Oh, yeah. For sure. There's plenty to talk about. Um, Last week, we saw the Gibbonites save themselves from the Hebrew onslaught with trickery. Mm -hmm. Um, AI was captured and destroyed. And um, this guy was punished for stealing stuff from um, that God told him not to take. And he killed everybody in his family. Sounds on brand. Yeah. Okay, so this one will be interesting. So this is when the sun stands still. Okay. Um, actually, I'll probably take the... Okay. <clears throat> and we're reading the New Revised Standard Version yes. of Joshua 10, The Sun Stands Still. When King Adonai Zek- Zedek of Jerusalem heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, he became greatly frightened because Gibeon was a large city like one of the royal cities and was larger than Ai, and all its men were warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent a message to King Hoham of Hebron to King Piram of Jarmuth to King Japheth of Lashesh and to King Deborah of Eglon saying come up and help me let us attack Gibeon for it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites then the five kings of the Amorites the king of Jerusalem the king of Hebron the king of Jarmuth and the king of Lashish, the king of Eglon, gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and camped against Gibeon and made war against it And the Gibeonites sent to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who live in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, and he and all the fighting forces, (laughs) he and all the fighting force with him, all 
all the mighty warriors, the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgah, and the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who inflicted a great slaughter on them at Gibeon, chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekath and Makedah. As they flew before Israel while they were going down the slope of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down huge storms from heaven on them as far as Azka, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the Israelites who killed with the sword. On the day that when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Aijalon. The sun sat still, still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in mid-heaven and did not hurry in to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since. When the Lord heeded the human voice for the Lord fought for Israel, then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Five kings defeated. Meanwhile, these five kings fled and hid themselves in the cave at Maket. And it was told Joshua, the five kings have been found hidden in the cave of Maketha. Joshua said, roll large stones against the north mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard it. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies and attack them from the rear. Do not let them enter the towns, for the Lord your God has given them into your hands. When Joshua and the Israelites had finished inflicting a great slaughter on them until they were wiped out, and when the survivors had entered into the fortified towns, all the people returned safe to Joshua in the camp at Makedah, no one dared to speak against any of the Israelites. Then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me from the cave. They did so and brought the five kings out to him from the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Elglon. When they brought the kings out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the Israelites and said to the chief of warriors who had gone with them, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. Then they came near and put their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all the enemies whom, against whom you fight. Afterward, Joshua struck them down and put them to death, and he hung them on five trees. And they hung on the trees until evening. At sunset, Joshua commanded, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had hidden themselves, set large stones against the mouth of the cage, remained to this very day. Joshua took Machadeth on that day and struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed every person in it. He left no one remaining. He did to the king of Machadeth as he had done to the king of Jericho. Joshua passed on from Machadeth and all Israel with him to Libna and fought against Libna. The Lord gave it also and its king into the hand of Israel. He struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it. He left no one remaining in it. He did this to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Next, Joshua passed on from Libna and all Israel with him to Lakshish and laid seed to it and assaulted it. The Lord gave Lakshish into the hands of Israel. He took it on the second day and struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it as he had done to Libna. Then King Horam of Jezer came up to help Lakshish. Lakshish and Joshua struck him and his people, leaving him no survivors. From Lakshish, Joshua passed on with all Israel to Eglon, and they laid siege to it and assaulted it, and they took it that day and struck it with the edge of the sword, and every person in it utterly destroyed that day, as he had done to Lakshish. Then Joshua went up with all of Israel from Eglon to Hebron, and they assaulted it and took it and struck it with the edge of the sword and its king and its town and every person in it. He left no one remaining, just as he had done to Eglon and utterly destroyed it with every person in it. Then Joshua with all Israel turned back to Debir and assaulted it. He took it and its king and all its towns. They struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed every person in it. He left no one remaining, just as he had done to Hebron and as he had done to Libna and its king, so he did to Debnir and its king. So Joshua defeated the whole land, the hill country, and the Negeb, and the lowland, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left no one remaining, but utterly destroyed all that breathed. 
as the Lord God of Israel commanded. And Joshua defeated them from Kadesh Barna to Gaza and all the country of Goshen as far as Gibeon. Joshua took all these kings and their land at one time because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp of Gilgal. Thanks be to angry Lord. Yeah, it was extreme. A lot of killing, a lot of taking over areas, and and a lot of repetition. A lot of repetition. Um, I don't really have any thoughts on that. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, God had Joshua going to all these places, kill all these people in the name of the Lord. And um, this pretty much been the game plan since day one. So yeah, kill all your opponents. Yeah. It's pretty effective. It now, is. just and right, I don't know about all that, but it's definitely effective. You know, I'm not really. I mean, I've said this before. I'm just not really into the um, the killing. Um, it's not a very creative solution. And it doesn't, I don't, I, I think in the times we live in now, it's just, I think, well, you say this to me all the time, like you can't murder yourself out of, you know, you can't murder problems. your way out of situations. Yeah. So, I mean, or at least you shouldn't. It's just making a new situation. And it becomes, I think it, it is making a new situation. It just becomes a problem because I think if we related to a lot of things today, it's like, well, you're just not going to if somebody says something you don't like, you're just going to harm them. And like, I don't know. I don't I don't agree with that. Certainly, I've been in situations where, you know, I've not ex exercised the um, rationale that I'm displaying now. But in the grand scheme of things, I think we should maybe shy away from that type of stuff. So when someone cre like um perpetrates an act of violence you don't think god told me to do it as a legitimate excuse i do not think that's a legitimate excuse okay well you heard it here people yeah he does not like <laughs> terrorism you know yeah. i was actually listening to a podcast earlier this week and they were saying that the september uh the january 6th attack should be labeled as a christian act of domestic terrorism i can see that yeah but we never really see those words together like Christian terrorism, yeah. um, and the and a lot of people have been criticizing the January sixth committee report because they kind of intentionally left that part out of it. The fact that there was a lot of prayer, a lot of Christian symbolism, and things going on at the attack. Um, but yeah. yeah, to me, there does seem to be a very cozy relationship to be between like large violent acts and. Religion in general, but here because we're mostly dealing with Christians, Christianity especially. It's just, especially when the part where God was railing down hailstones and God had the higher body count. And actually, here's the fun fact: God has the highest body count in the Bible. Like He's yeah. killed more people than the devil. Um, fun fact, but um, He killed more people with hailstones than the Israelites did with the sword. Why doesn't He just kill all their enemies for them? In a painless way, because I have to imagine like being hit with hailstones and stabbed yeah. in the guts is just really like painful. Thanos snapped them away or something. What? So just like Thanos snapped them away. Yeah. I yeah. Or just don't even make them in the first place. Like if you were, I mean, there's just seems so many, like I said, there's so many more creative solutions than just like, let me painfully kill these things that are in your way. You would think, but. You know, when I bring this sense of logic to conversations, it's always I get the tap dance and it's just like. <sighs> oh, wait. And the big point of the story was that the God stopped the sun so that they could kill people longer. But that's also obviously just mythology. Like you can't because they thought the sun was going around them. They just thought God stopped the sun. Like this was before people realized the earth was going around the sun. And if you're a flat earther, you probably don't believe that. But and I always wonder too, are flat earthers like flat? Do they think the moon is flat too? No idea. I don't but this, this chapter earthers. claims that the moon and the sun were stopped and that's never happened before. But here's also another fun fact. I feel like other holy books would have mentioned this day because if this really happened that would have been worth reporting right 
Yeah. Like at the same time, wouldn't there have been like a Chinese account and a Native American account at that time that the sun didn't set for when it was supposed to? Yeah, I don't know. Is there no other account of that in any other? Well, for one, it's just impossible because of we understand cosmology now. So nothing ever stopped. Quite honestly, even if the earth stopped spinning, we go off of it because of iner- we go flying off of it because of inertia. We're we're calibrated to the earth's motion, but the earth is spinning really fast right now. That's kind of what creates gravity. So like yeah, if everything had stopped, gravity would stop, like every it yeah, it it just shows a lack of understanding of the cosmos which you would expect to see in a bunch of desert dwelling people who didn't have Well, all right, so to fact check that. Okay. Um even further. Okay. I just went to uh blueletterbible.org. Um this is the first thing that popped up when I said is does the sun stand still? Um according to Josh, is it actually I typed in is this mentioned in other Religions, um, so I don't know who said this, Don Stewart, it looks like, said whenever the subject arises concerning biblical events and their relationship to science, the story of Joshua and the sun standing still is usually brought up. It is one of the favorite texts of unbelievable unbelievers to demonstrate the ignorance of the writers of scripture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Here's here's to Thank you. you. Um, Do they have a know. comfortable apologetic for it? So, yeah, yeah, this is going to I'm going to go further. We know the sun does not move around the earth causing day and night, but rather the earth revolves around the sun. Why did Joshua address the sun rather than the earth? Did he believe the sun actually moved? Language of appearance. As we have already mentioned, scripture speaks in the language of appearance, the language of observation. From our point of view here on earth, the sun does rise in the morning and set at night. From what vantage point Joshua addresses the sun with the request Martin Woodstra Old Testament authority writes the language that Joshua uses in addressing the sun and moon is the language of ordinary observation still used today in the scientific age probably Joshua in the contemporaries thought of the sun as moving around the earth but his language should not be pressed to construct a view of the universe any more than should today's preference to the rising and setting of the sun. Um, scientifically accurate question mark some people feel that joshua made a scientifically accurate request we might say how little joshua knew but he knew his god okay so this just basically sounds like christians defending yeah they're kind of going in circles because you're also not addressing the fact too that like okay because it was blueletterbible.org did you really (laughs) expect them to my whole thing is you're not addressing whether so you're admitting this isn't real like this is just some guy's perspective and it doesn't sound like the sun and moon stopped like that was just maybe a colorful phrase or something like that but again i mean to be fair no (laughs) no go ahead let's be fair not even to be fair but i know i already know anytime that these kind of critiques are brought up having been around enough christian people they know how to bat them away no well that but more so it's just going to be like well you're you're not supposed to take it literal but i mean that's really what it is and so but my thing is like that opens the not taking it literal approach when it comes to things like that where does it stop well it becomes this tightrope if you will of of coming because then what are we supposed that's to that's what i'm saying like where do we start and stop with what we're supposed to yeah. listen to yeah so like are we not supposed to is the and i don't know the exact thing of the, i think we've mentioned it but with the gay people are we supposed to not take that litter on the bible are we supposed to not take thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal like what do we take literal and what don't we and i think that kind of becomes and people were like well just the ten commandments and like the ten commandments leaves a lot of stuff out and there's like it's a very small part of the bible and and also too when people are like oh listen to the ten commandments that's the old testament like you could just say that too about the ten commandments and it literally is the old like covenant like i feel like they renew the covenant twice since we've done the ten commandments if i am I'm pretty sure the Ten Commandments will be coming up in the New Testament. Um, the reason I know that is because on Thursday mornings I go play basketball with some church guys, and you know we'll take a break in between some games at times, and we read 
scripture uh, or yeah, we read scripture. Um, it's passed out and we just discuss what we read or whatever. And we read, I don't know what it is and it'll be a while before we get here, but I think it's going to be like a Luke and they bring up the 10 commandments again later. So to counter a little bit of what you're saying, it is brought up again. Um, so it's not only in the Old Testament. Okay. All right. So like just the list or are they just bringing up like how should we? No, it's, 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 um, it's not, I don't even think it's all 10 actually. I think it's like three or four of them, but it's mentioned again and then they break down some. Well, yeah, some of the like I'm not saying again. they don't mention the Old Testament in the New Testament. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like as it exists as a list, that's not really like. Cause only, but in, but then even Jesus said too, like I haven't come to change a jot or tittle of the law, so yeah. that would also negate when people say like, oh, I can eat pork now. It's like, well, Jesus said it's like, it's also convoluted. You want to read the next one? Yes. Okay. So Joshua eleven, the United Kings of Northern Canaan defeated. When King Jabin of Hazor heard of this, he sent to King Jobab of Madden, the king of Shimron, the king of Akshap, and to the kings who were in the northern hill country and in the Arabah, south of Chinaroth, and in the lowland, and in Naphoth Dor on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. They came out with all their troops, a great army in number like the sand on the seashore, with very many horses and chariots. All these kings joined their forces and came and camped together at the waters of Merom uh, to fight with Israel. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for tomorrow at this time I will hand over all of them slain to Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came suddenly upon them with all his fighting force by the waters of Merom and fell upon them. And the Lord handed them over to Israel, who attacked them and chased them as far as the great city uh, Misrepoth, Maim, and eastward as far as the valley of Mizpah. They struck them down until they had left no one remaining, and Joshua did to them as the Lord commanded him. He hamstringed their horses, he hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire. Joshua turned back at that time and took Hazer and struck the king down with the sword. Before that time, Hazer was the head of all the kingdoms. And they put to the sword all who were in it. And they put to the sword all who were in it, utterly destroying them. There was no one left who breathed, and he burned Hazor with fire. And all the towns of those kings and all of their kings Joshua took and struck them with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded. But Israel burned none of the towns that stood on the mounds except Hazor, with Joshua, which Joshua did burn. All the spoils of these towns and the livestock the Israelites took for their booty, but all the people they struck down with the edge of the sword while they had destroyed them and they did not leave any who breathed as the lord had commanded his servant moses so moses commanded joshua and so joshua did he left nothing undone of all that the lord had commanded moses summary of joshua's conquests so joshua took all that land the hill country and all the and all the negab and all the land of goshen and all the lowland and the Arabah and the hill country of Israel and its lowland from Mount Halak which rises towards Seir as far as Balgad in the valley of or Balgad in the valley of Lebanon below Mount Hermon Hermon uh, he took all their kings struck them down and put them to death Joshua made war a long time with all those kings there was not a town that made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites the inhabitants of Gibeon all were taken in battle for it was the Lord's doing to harden their hearts so that they would come against Israel in battle in order that they might be utterly destroyed and might receive no mercy but he exterminated just as the Lord had commanded Moses at that time, Joshua came and wiped out the Anakim from the hill country, from Hebron, from Debir, Debir, from Anab, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all that hill country of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their towns. 
None of the Anakim was left in the land of the Israelites. Some remained only in Gaza, in Gath, in Gath, and in Ashdod. So Joshua took the whole land according to all the Lord had spoken to Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal allotments, and the land had rest from war. Yay! All the killing paid off. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I mean, I understand why this is the favorite book of the oppressor. Because this is pretty much the plan that they did, you know, like the colonizers used when they went into lands. They would be like, hey, this is our now. We we have a God and this God told us this is ours now. You, yeah. you can either get down or lay down. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm kind of running out of new ways to just, you know, say that maybe we shouldn't follow this in its entirety. Oh, yeah. And the thing, too, if anyone's wondering what it means to hamstring a horse, because that was brought up in this chapter, um, that's when you basically kind of cut the horse's Achilles tendon. Like you just make it impossible. You just cripple them. That's very cruel. It is very cruel and painful. And the horses, they don't even know what God is. They weren't worshiping the wrong God. They were just hanging out. And yet, here we are. Yep. Here we are. So now they, um, but once again, it's this idea of you kind of have to do whatever God says or be ready to face the consequences. And according to some, um, we'll be facing consequences, particularly myself. I was asked the other day if um, I would, if I died tomorrow, would I go to heaven? And I was asked this by my supervisor, supervisor. And I don't know. I just, I guess I'm not fully comfortable yet telling people like, hey, please don't talk to me about religion. I actually think it's rude. Um, so I'm not fully there yet. I mean, that's but actually I did not it. a terrible sentence. Please don't talk to me about religion. I find it rude. Yeah. I don't know. I should have said that to uh, the guy in the mall who stopped me. Yeah. And was and tried to. He asked, "Hey, he stopped me and was like, hey, can I talk to you a second? I just want to know if you've, uh, if you, if you, uh, I think he said accepted Jesus. One of those guys. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Something, something like that. And I was just like, listen to him for a second. I was just, I oh, no, I'm okay. Um, but um, and what's crazy is I think he stopped me on my way to see Babylon, um, which incredible film. Okay, yeah, you mentioned that earlier." incredible film um it's getting a lot of shit right now let me get back to my story um about the supervisor supervisor in a second um just because it's it's getting a lot of shit because it is um i can see how people feel like the film is all over the place i mean it interweaves um four different characters in their stories um i think it does it really well because they're still always the main central character who kind of just interacts with everybody else takes place in 1920s to early night, like mid 1920s to early 1930s, Hollywood. Um, fabulous film. Brad Pitt's one of my favorite actors. Um, Margot Robbie. I really like her. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a a David Chazelle film. Um, he did films such as Whip, whiplash and uh, First Man, and um, I can't remember what else he did. But I don't think I've seen either of those, um, but it makes me want to check it out. Yeah, it's really hardcore. Um, and we could talk about that more offline. But anyway, that the guy, I, I found it ironic now looking back on it that he asked me that on my way to see this film, which totally, I mean, it's called Babylon. Um, and I mean, I guess that's a, give her away to some people um but the film is totally just about how (laughs) hollywood uh, basically but in the evil it still produces these beautiful things these things that sometimes it feels like humans didn't even make this like it i think somebody described it as 
you know, the visuals and things that come out of there. It's, it just feels like sometimes it just came down from the heavens. And I certainly get that. Like, art is powerful. It's very powerful. Um, and I really enjoyed the film. My housemate, they did not like it. Um, but they're a little per- they're a little bit more um, unforgiving than me with films. Um, and they're just a little bit more pretentious than me. Ooh. I tell them this to their face Ooh. all the time. Um, which is not a bad thing. I just think that I... Is a, I think that's a negative adjective. Um... I mean, I mean it when I say to them, I understand their pretentiousness, but I, I don't agree with it. Well, pretentious, it can. Well, all right, fine. But anyway, so I just found it ironic that you know, I'm talking to this person believer briefly, and then I go see this movie. This essentially sin, um, and it's all over the film. Actually, I mean, it's just a lot. Some of the things that the people do in there are really really fucked up but uh it's a great film Hollywood's it's a great a hell film of a town. um yeah i love hollywood <laughs> I, I miss it uh but anyway so i met um my job um they take me out to to lunch um because my last week was this past week and so they told me you know i'm talking sitting there and uh, we have a good lunch and you know um we're about to leave i'm thinking and my supervisor, supervisor just stops and it's like, hey, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't say this. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you, you know, if you died today, do you feel like you would go to heaven? <sighs> and in my mind, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to say to this? It's like, no, I think I'm going to be tortured forever in a lake of fire. I did not say. Okay, that. even though I won't have nerve endings, so it's like you kind of wonder how that fire is gonna bother you. <laughs> right. Um, what I did say is, if there is in fact a heaven, um, because I've had my own questions just about religion and stuff like that, I said, yeah, I do think I would go. And, and I don't know if this was surprising to them or not that I said that, but I said, yeah, I think I would go. And the reason I feel like I would go is because I live my life every day, one, trying to be better and using the gifts that God has bestowed upon me to make the world a better place. I don't go into the world and try to move in in sin or try to harm anybody intentionally. So, yeah, I do think I would go to heaven. Like, And if God truly knows my heart, if there is a God, then, yeah, I would go to heaven. So... I don't know if that answer satisfied them or not, but that's how I feel, you know, and I was talking to, I don't know, uh, at the time, this person was my partner, um, or whatever, I was talking to them, and um, she, I think she's had a very, mis, a big misunderstanding of when I break down the Bible. And when I do this podcast, because she's a a Christian believer. And I said to her, you know, when I talk about this stuff and I get on the podcast or whatever, I think a lot of people think when I push back on these things, it's like, it's just like, fuck God. I don't believe any of this shit. I don't like you're just being intentionally provocative. I'm just doing. Yeah, I'm doing this just to do it. And it's like, no, I've said this on here before, actually. It's not like I wouldn't want to go to heaven, personally. I mean, I know you've given your comments on that, but it's like, no. Like, why would I not want to hang out with my friends and, you know. Yeah, I think I've said on here before, I want to write a book called It's Pawpaw in Hell. Because, like, according to the Christian doctrine, like, yeah, my grandfather who's, you know, served his country, lived his whole life working for his family, would be in hell because he didn't go to church. And so, yeah, I mean, according to that. So it's like, it's not like I don't want to do this, but because I haven't turned my life over to God in the way that people think I should, you know, I have my, and this is going back to what I said, I think it's rude to ask me, like my relationship with the universe, the creator, whatever, that's my own personal fucking thing. And I don't, and I, 
they are trying to recruit people, but I, I put it up there with the, and I don't mean this in a controversial way, but I, but I put that I put it up there with the pronoun thing. If you say to me, you want your pronouns, you want to be um, addressed as, you know, he, him, she, her, it's uh, other ones too. Whatever you tell me, that's fine. I don't, I'm fine. I will address you as whatever you want to be addressed as. I don't, I'm not one of those assholes. That's like, I'm not calling you that. Not that at all. What I don't like, don't ask me what I am. It's none of your fucking business. Just like my religion is none of your fucking business. But no, hold on, hold on. You do, because this is my thing. You're only asking me so you know how to treat me. And that is where I have to get off the bus. A lot of people, for one, really don't believe anyone deserves privacy anymore. So many people put their lives and everything about them out there. Like, so if you ever, because people come at me like that, like I'm shady. It's like, it's not like I'm trying to be shady. It's just some stuff is just my business. I don't like to share everything about me with everybody. So you don't get to just know that. Mm -hmm. And also, too, you shouldn't just go into stuff assuming everybody's the same religion as you. That's why everybody got so mad. It's like, happy holidays. Why can't I just say Merry Christmas? It's like, well, you work in a public office Mm -hmm. building school. Like, not everybody's the same religion as you. And there's a problem with that mentality for me, too, because it's one of you're so comfortable that you don't even acknowledge that other people are different. That's a problem. That's a problem in the world, I think. Or that they're, I don't know, they always try to use that word minority, all these minorities. It's like, okay, but they're mm-hmm, most of the planet. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read these vanquished kings so we can be done with this and move on to like something worthwhile. Joshua 12, the kings conquered by Moses. Now these are the kings of the land who the Israelites defeated whose land they occupied beyond the Jordan toward the east from the Wadi Arnon to the Mount Hermon with all of the Arabah eastward. King Shion of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon and ruled from Eror, which is on the edge of the Wadi Arnon from and from the middle of the valley as far as the river Jacob, the boundary of the Ammonites, that is half of Gilead and half of the Arabah of the Sea of Shudaroth eastward and in the direction of Beth Chesimon to the Sea of Arabah the Dead Sea, southward to the foot of the slopes of Pigah and King Og of Bashan, one of the last of the Rephim who lived in Ashtoroth and Edrai and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salka and all Basha to the boundary of the Jeshurites and the Machathites and over half of Gilead to the boundary of King Shion of Hezbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Israelites defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave their land for a possession to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh. The following are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the Israelites defeated on the west side of the Jordan from Baal in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak that rises towards Seir and Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their allotments in the hill country, in the lowland, in the Arba, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negab, the, in the, the land of the Hishtites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is next to Bethel, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lashish, the king of Eglon, the king of Jezer, the king of Dibur, the king of Jeder, the king of Ormon, the king of Arad, the king of Libna, the king of Adullam, the king of Makeda, the king of Bethel, the king of Tapheth, the king of Hefer, the king of Aphek, the king of Lasharon, uh, or Lasharon, the king of Madan, the king of Hazor, the king of Shimaron, Miron, the king of Ashpaf, the king of Paknak, the king of Meg- Megiddo, the king of Kedesh, the king of Jacob and Carmel, the king of Dor of Naphtar, the king of Gilam in Galilee, the king of Tizra, 31 kings in all. It's a lot I of killing. The king, I think it was the king of Megiddo. Oh, Megiddo? Or Megiddo. Megiddo? Well, he dead now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a lot of killing, and that's just the kings. That's not even like you know their yeah everything that army. breathed that they lived over or ruled over. Yeah, yeah so that's sad. Yeah, yeah that means sad. they definitely killed babies. So everyone who's outside of abortion clinics, like, stop killing babies. It's like, look, you obviously like killing babies sometimes. 
Yeah. And that's all Passover was about, killing babies. Yeah, yeah the the Christian market rebrand is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. It's like we're the ones who care about life. It's like, all right. Yeah, well, by the time this comes out, it'll already be be 2023. But um Happy New Year to everyone. Um, 2022 for me specifically has been an emotional roller coaster. So, but I'm mean, I'm looking forward to 2023. I got a lot of things on the upswing, so yeah. happy about that. It's gonna be lit. You're gonna look back on this now and be like, oh, "What was I ever worried about?" I hope so. You will. I hope so. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, your body belongs to you. Um, I thank everybody for listening to this. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm really hoping that in the new year we're able to um, just kind of hit up all our goals, especially for the podcast. We want to get some guests on. We want to start recording more. Definitely want to go back. And um, I know if you look at the catalog, we're missing the first uh, couple of chapters of the Bible. So, yeah, I want to I wanna do things right. Yeah. It's been a little sporadic. But, Listen, um, it's amazing we do this at all. I'm very proud of us. Yeah. So thank you for staying with us and promise to get it together. Um, I mentioned this on one of our last episodes, but um, website stuff is secured. So getting all that together, um, still figuring out the IG thing. I know what I have to do, so I'm just going to get that together. But uh, I believe I started us a Twitter, Patreon, stuff like that. So we'll be getting all that together and having more details to coming to you soon. Um, also, don't be afraid to get therapy. And for those um, who listen to this and, you know, are still feeling like they can't have these kind of talks with the um, community around them, I feel for you because it is tough. It's challenging. And I have strained relationships with surprisingly um, last thing, because I want to bring this up, too, which I thought about this the other day. I realize that I live in a place of privilege because I, um, if I came out to my family and said, you know, I don't believe in God or I don't, or at least I don't believe in Christian God and I don't want to follow these things anymore, they wouldn't disown me. And I, they just always was, you know, try to win you back into the fold. Um, I don't even think they would do that. I've had my own mother literally tell me, hey, son, you believe what you believe, and I'm still your mother. And I did not realize for as, for as much as my mother and I have had our own issues, I'm really thankful for just my mom's mentality in that. Like, she's never, I've never doubted my parents' love. I've never, mm, particularly my mom, I've never doubted the fact that she loved me and she's always given me the space to kind of figure out who I am. And she's never really, I mean, she's, she's been very minimal on trying to push things on me. And so that is nice. I didn't realize how, how, how privileged I am because I just had a, I mean, you've mentioned your situation, I think a few times on here. And then I particularly was talking to a friend of mine the other day who may be a repressed homosexual and this is the first time i actually thought about this about this person is it who i'm thinking of it is and um they let me know that they don't they flat out told me before like if any of their friends were gay they would stop being friends with them and they told me that they had this conversation with somebody else and they were like, well, would you would you feel like that about T? Because y'all are best friends. And they said, yeah, I would stop Damn. being friends with him. And so, and so he's telling me this story. I huh? don't want to get gay all over him. Right. So he's telling me this story, and we kind of are diving more. We're just talking or whatever. Because I don't – when people say that to me, I'm just like, well – it's disappointing, I guess, but I don't care enough to like be like, well, if you don't, you know, I just don't get into it. So whatever, you feel how you feel. But um, they told me 
that they brought up how their mom is um if their mom found out if any of he or his siblings were gay, she would disown them. And I was like, well, I never knew your mom to be like that. And he was like, yeah, you know, if she found out that we were gay, she would stop talking to us. And I was like, well, that I was like, that's so crazy because didn't your mom have a gay best friend that died, you know, like years ago? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, and I was like but so, so – <laughs> She has the ability to be friends. It's friend. so different when it's your own children, though. I'm going to get to okay. that. So, it is. And I've also had a partner tell me that if I was gay or if I was bisexual or anything, then they would not want to date me anymore. Yeah. And in the same instance, well, I was like, gay, well, you, you could understand but why she wouldn't want to, you know. But you have have gay friends. But you don't want to date someone gay. Fair, Fair, I guess. If you're straight. The the point I'm making, but one, it doesn't have nothing to do with you because. If you were bi, yeah, but if you're gay, like, I don't want to. I mean, I get that. What? Like, not wanting to. If if I'm a straight woman, I don't want to date a gay man. So would you. But, like, if he was bi. would Would you. well, yeah, I mean, if I'm a gay man, obviously I'm not talking to you. Okay, I'm sorry that I, I misused the term because uh, there are different things. If I was bi, in their eyes, you're still a guy that's still sleeping with other guys, too. So regardless, and for the, I mean, it doesn't matter what I am, but for the record, I'm like a cisgender man. But I do like think about the reactions of people when it comes to stuff like that, like it's very, I don't know. It's just disappointing. And so I say all that to say, you know, I'm talking to my friend and he mentioned that. And I was just, that was the first time that I've ever listened to him. And I was just like, well, so are you actually bisexual? I guess it would be a more accurate term. Cause he, has messed with a lot of women too so i was just like so is there something there that you would like to explore but you're not doing that in fear of how you're going to be viewed by your parent and so i don't know it's just something that is very interesting i think actually that's also Um, another theme on the best man show final chapter cool but um because it is a lot i mean for me it wouldn't be that big of a deal but like for when you're raised in the church and you're taught that homosexuality is like one of the top sins, like it's, it's not even in the Ten Commandments. It's not, but <laughs> a lot of people get really, really just attached to the theology that they were taught and part of the. Theology. You know something else I learned the other day that homosexuality. I don't know if this is entirely correct but somehow just breezed through was like it's literally it's either like one percent or maybe eleven percent of the population the entire but something like like the num the and it, it that could be untrue i don't know but it was basically saying like it's actually so small in the grand scheme of like people who are actually heterosexual um, I don't know. You can we can fact check that another time. But I just thought about that, and it's like, man, if it is actually not as big as people think it is, it has taken over people's lives to where they are so caught up on hating this thing, and it's just like <sighs> that's got to be exhausting, man. I think it comes down to kind of like two groups I've observed, at least from being when I was in the church. It's, you know, the people who are way too like that are basically closeted and are using it as a shield. It's like, I can't be gay. I hate the gays or they're straight and they're falling so short in other parts of the theology that they want to push how hard that they're not gay because that's like one thing they're doing right. And so 
I, I think that's kind of where it comes in. But how great would it be if that just wasn't even something we like considered when we're dealing with people? No. Um, and the fact too, like I said, we've been reading a lot. There's really not that much stuff about gay people. Like there are some chapters where they're like, yeah, kill them. But yeah. that was out of all the stuff we read a really small percentage. Yeah. As me saying all this, though, I just want to give a shout out to my mom. I mean, she probably would never listen to this. <laughs> but um, I say that because as somebody who was unintentionally, oh, I don't know if unintentionally is the word, but just somebody who used to be um, a big misogynist and a big um, homophobe, um, particularly, you know, in my teenage years because that's what I grew up around. You don't know what you don't know. And so, like, as I got older and just had more experiences being around people, and it's like, oh, people are just people. And, like, I actually, I don't even know how what really finally brought me to these kind of conclusions. But it's like, I actually don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care if you're gay. Like, it doesn't affect my life in any way, shape, or form. I don't think directly. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't, I don't, I don't think about it. Like, I just, I don't. If I meet a, like, I'm just like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah, it doesn't really need to be about that. <laughs> it does not affect in, me. We even talk about, like, the pronoun game and stuff like that. It's because our language, the English language is already just so sexist. It would be nice if we did have more gender neutral language in our language because everything is an identifier of your sex and sexual availability. So even because we go by women miss or misses like that's letting you know their sexual availability and the fact that we don't even do that with men everybody's just mister like there's because we're always available for <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so yeah men reserve the right to stick oh it wherever God. yeah um <laughs> that's that's very interesting that you brought that up i've thought about that but i've never like actually heard it be verbalized yeah um, i'm pretty verbal so, so it's funny got these uh, verbs <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't have anything else yeah i'm uh, all out but thank you just for sticking with us we uh will look forward to doing better in 2022 yes i'm gonna do everything i uh, did in 2022 but better sure yeah um all right good uh good night america <laughs> and the rest of the world and the rest of the world <laughs>